And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Tanya, welcome to Emotion House Support. I have to first and foremost, thank you so much for reaching out to me about the article and your sweet, kind words. And I just... I have to tell you, I did an interview um, just the other week with someone right when the when the the People magazine had come out. I had gotten another person that reached out and wanted to talk and was like, I finally feel like I'm being heard and these are the conversations that we need to talk about. And I said, Absolutely. can you come on my show? So I have three wonderful, wonderful women, you being one of them, um, who are going oh, to be coming you. on the podcast like within the first week of it coming coming out. Um, and I'm just Good. so thrilled and overwhelmed and wish I would have said something sooner. And I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like where to even begin? And do I have another baby yeah. just so I'm more prepared next time? Like literally that's, right? where, it's, that's where I've come to um, in my life. But Tanya, tell me everything. Like, first of all, you're an actress, which is amazing. So you can relate on that, that whole, you know. Oh my gosh, field. so much so. Well, whole yes. playing field of all the emotions. But how did you get yeah. into the whole postpartum, you know, being a spokesperson, creating a documentary? How, how did this yeah. whole come about? Well, I'll tell you what, and first of all, I, before we even get into my story, I really want to acknowledge your podcast with Eden. I listened to oh, it and you. I'm telling the audience for you, if you have not listened to that, you need to. It's that was episode. such a bold, great episode. Adore her. God bless her. Isn't and she fabulous? The, wow. the honesty. Yeah. Well, and these are the conversations that we need to have that so many people are terrified to have. And I probably was one of the first ones to really, really speak out. Right. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been happily married next week for 24 years. <laughs> and we have been married. We have been married for 11 years. And at the time when my husband is younger than me, cuter. He's Love cuter that. Yes, did not honey. want to have babies. Yep. Rob the cradle. I and love it. He did Tanya, not have... you're my favorite right? person. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you're mine too. So we're on the same track. And he didn't want to have children for a long time. So here I'm, I'm an actress, right? So I'm like, it's okay. I'm right. acting, blah, blah, blah. Right. I get to be 40. And he's like, I think I want a baby. And I was like, now? Wow. Because he didn't want children. So I also had done a genomic profile where I was told I'm adopted. You cannot do fertility drugs for me personally. My body would not handle it. And so wait, it took what is two the, trying. Can you explain what is, what is it you took? So it's like a genetic test that you take to see Correct. what you can, your body can and can't handle kind of thing. Absolutely. And it's really, mm. really in depth. I found out I'm a factor five Leiden blood clotter, which means I have to always be careful of strokes throughout my life. And for me, medications, I have a very, and this actually will tie into our story. I have a very, very hard time with any medication. Wow. So I'm very holistic for that reason. Right, right. And I was told I could not do fertility drugs. So we tried wow. for two years and I literally got to the place where I was like, this ain't happening. Right, and right. I said a prayer and I said, well, God, if, if you want me to have a baby, you're going to have to make this happen. So we went on a trip to Thailand and let's just say one night in Bangkok no! and all of a sudden I came back. Tanya, that needs to be the name of your autobiography. One night in Bangkok. 
That's fascinating. But right? you know, it's so interesting because I do have a lot of friends and I also do have family in my life that are adopted. And it's so interesting oh. to me to hear, you know, from the guy's point of view, I think it's a little different, you know, the my male cousins that are adopted. But from the females, you know, it's so interesting because they have to think about so many other things that they wouldn't have to, I feel like necessarily if they knew family history, right? So it's so- You're absolutely right. Yeah, so it's, you know, I mean, that's just in general, I think with health, but also specifically with, with babies, I think that it is something, you know, I mean, that's wild that you didn't know that you wouldn't be able to have fertility if you hadn't taken this test. And what are the odds that right. someone would take this test? I'm sure it's not something that's talked about a lot, you know, that, that you should take these no. things, you know? So I think that that's and really actually, great. actually, everyone should. Yeah it's, yeah, a, it's a very smart thing for everyone to do because for me, my body would have metabolized it into cancer. And right. as much as you want to have a baby, you don't want to end up dying right so it didn't make sense but i did naturally get pregnant i was so thrilled at 42 years old and i was just like oh my gosh this is amazing well about four and a half months into the pregnancy i was on my kitchen floor i still can see the gray tile and i am sobbing like you know the cry where the snot's coming out yeah drool is dripping and can't breathe hysterical hysterical and i remember thinking oh I don't think this is normal. Wow. So I have no problem going to therapy. I put myself in therapy. The rest of my pregnancy went really good. I mean, I had a very healthy, good pregnancy. Was this your second trimester, just out of curiosity? Must have been. Yes. You, yeah. Because yes. the second trimester and for months. me was absolutely the hardest. And it was the most frustrating because everyone would say to me, oh, the second trimester is the best. It's you're going to laugh out of nowhere. It's so fun. You get things done, no. all this stuff. And for me, <laughs> I was completely debilitated in the second trimester oh, with, with so sorry. hormones and with emotions and with the bipolar disorder and mania. That yes. for me is what affected me. So it's very interesting. And also I have to say like quite relieving to me to know that I wasn't the only one in the second trimester that didn't have the really fun, so not alone the, the fun exciting second trimester yeah. you know so it's 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 wow so please keep going yeah no well and there's actually a name for what I had and and also too even for what you experienced it's antenatal depression meaning depression while being pregnant yeah and it's a precursor to let you know I better really pay attention to what I go through emotionally, right. mentally, physically, as I have this baby and the months going on. But I, of course, didn't know that at the time. No. I'm just like, okay, I'll go to therapy. And so I chose to have a C-section because I had turned 43 by the time I had my daughter. And they say your uterine muscles get weaker after the age of 40. And I thought, screw that. I'm not like laying there for 26 hours going through what Eden went through where they're like, emergency C-section. You're like, oh, shit. You were prepared. So I chose to do that. I was prepared and I felt so good about that. So I go in to have the baby. I'm going to share a neat little story is yeah. my doctor, my OBGYN, and she she's wonderful. She came in and all of a sudden I'm talking to her and I start looking around the room and I said, what is that? She's like, what? And I'm like, that? And she's like, what? I said, there's sparkles going around the room. She's like, I don't see it. <gasps> I really, truly believe it was my daughter getting ready. Oh, oh and I got goosebumps. So that's oh the truth. Oh my gosh, I have chills. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. So neat. 
so neat. So I'm all excited. Everything's good. I get wheeled into the operating room. I get an epidural. So this was like pre-epidural too. This was not like- Pre-epidural. Wow. Yeah. So nothing in me yet. I go in and the nurse said, okay, hug me and arch your back. And I'm like prepared for this massive pain. Yeah. Girl, let me tell you, for me, I've had Botox shots that hurt more than that epidural. I was kind of like, (laughs) I was like, that's it. You're like, okay. (laughs) So I was thinking, this is all good. And my body started to numb out. They bring my husband in. I felt the pressure, like even you feel him like, and you're thinking, holy cow, because you can feel it, but you can't feel it. Wow. What a a great music. What a trip it is. And here you're sliced open like you don't, you know you are, but you're just like the blue sheet. I'm holding my husband's hand. So my daughter comes out. I hold my breath until I hear her cry. And I'm like, okay, great. This is great. So he follows her. They wheel me into recovery. Well, I had no idea. Epidural, anesthesia. Here I go. I start violently shaking and I cannot stop. And I start puking my guts out. I, they have heat blowers on me heat blankets on me. I'm throwing up constantly. I'm violently like it's this, you can't even control it. And I'll never forget the nurse's name was Jenny. And about two hours into this, she put her hands on her hips and she said, I've been doing this for 35 years. I have never not been able to get someone back to baseline. No. And this actually went on for six and a half hours. And in amongst it, they bring in my brand new baby daughter, plop her on my boob. And they're like, try and breastfeed her. And I'm like, what? I'm holding her, holding my incision, puking my guts out, shaking violently. So just so the audience understands, traumatic birth can absolutely be a trigger for perinatal mood disorders. But of course, I don't know any of this. No, and you know, you're not alone in in the shaking thing because it's interesting. I I had a... At my baby shower, one of the the women that was there, she was telling my other friends who, um, who are who are pregnant as well. You know, by the way, just FYI, you will get the shakes, and they don't tell you about this before you get the epidural, mm-hmm. and that this is a very common thing. Don't be scared when you are literally violently shaking and you can't understand why. It is not anything but just a reactive, you know, situation to your body. Like, I can't speak, but you know what I mean. And and just warning people because I had never heard that before. And for me, if I had started violently shaking, I would have thought, this is it, I'm dying. Right, like that's where my mind would have gone to, to the absolute worst, which is I'm sure, sure where you would, where you went, and it, you're right, well, it, yeah. totally trauma f- triggers everything, right, and 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 whether yes, you're not, does. you were prone to get postpartum depression or mood and anxiety disorder or bipolar psychosis, like something like that, yeah. especially if you've never dealt with anything like this before not the birth part, but like trauma in general, right? Your body is now kicked into overdrive with the rush of emotions, just in hormones, just like getting out of you. Totally. And you just have major surgery. And like you said, all the hormone fluctuations going on. And I'm laying there. It's major surgery. And moms are coming in, moms are going out. Moms are coming in, moms are going out. And I'm there forever. And so by the time I went up to my room, I was exhausted. The other thing I'm going to tell the audience, when you have a baby, don't have the whole world come visit you. Please don't. I had so many people come visit me. I never truly rested. And of course, people come in, you want to talk to them. Here's the baby. Bad idea. They can come see you after your home, after you've recovered. Keep it, keep it simple. Keep it with just your, 
your spouse, your partner, your family. Especially if you had a, a C-section, because I mean, you wouldn't have someone come over to your house after you had, you know, a tumor removed or a facelift, you know what I mean? Like either or, you know, totally. you're, you're, you need to yes. recover, you need to sleep, you need to, and you need to save all your energy for the baby. A friend of mine who just had a baby a couple months ago, she said to me when I had announced I was pregnant, she said, my one word of advice for you is she goes, I was on the go. I was like, I want everyone to meet the baby. I'm feeling great. Like, let's go. She, and, and it sounds just like you. And it's, it's just like, just rest. She's like, just rest. You rest. need it. You need it for your rest. body, for your sanity, all of it. For all. And yes, more than you actually think, you know, because yeah. it's so vitally important because you have gone through all of this yep. and the more you can just be still take care of yourself, hydrate all the, all the things. And so when I went home, I very quickly went from like, I have a baby into, and it became this very, very dark place. I'm someone who needs my sleep, not a lot of it, but I need my sleep. So the sleep deprivation alone, my husband works in a corporate position. So he had to sleep because he had to work. And then my poor daughter had colic. So now I have a baby that's screaming five hours a day that we had to take shifts and do all this. And it went from, I think I'm okay to I'm not okay to I don't even know what's going on anymore. I had someone who was supposed to help me. And of course, she after me was twins. The twins came early, just like with Eden. She's like, sorry, I was committed to them first. Bye. So I had no help. And I was the first of all my friends at the time to have a baby. And, you know, here in the States, we really have it wrong. People go, oh, you had a baby. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to let you bond. No, people go see your friend. I'm bringing you food. I'm going to hold that baby so you can go take a shower. I'm going to wash your dishes for you. But don't just assume this person is fine just being home. I'm also, and you get this too, I'm sure being an actor, we're very social. There used to be an out and about connecting with people. And now all of a sudden you're not. It's just you and that baby. And you're like, uh, where'd my life go? Well, that was what my mom always gave my, like me advice and always talked about. She always said, you know, for, for my mom was a uh, was you know in computer technology and was like a badass and she was a, a chief operating officer and ran all these like male dominated like dot com companies and software companies and hardware wow, companies. Wow, love cra- that. Yeah, crazy. And then she had me, and then it was like overwhelming, you know. But she brought yeah. me like week one she had to go back into the office so my grandma was with me and she said you know it was really hard because she saw so many of her friends lose their identities of who they were because it was just about them and the baby and they didn't go back to work or they didn't or not even go back to work you know but they they chose to not do things of interest to them so she goes you need to make time go out and do something creative for yourself because you're going to lose your mind. And, and, and she saw that with so many of her friends, but she said, it's so important for you to take time for yourself to do something, even an hour a week, just for your own sanity. Otherwise you are going to drive yourself mad. Well, and for me, it happened actually quite quickly because Eight days into it, I remember Fred Siegel had a sale. And I, a girl, I'm a shopper. So I was like, I, I had like, I'm, there. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going shopping. And I went and I remember thinking, oh, this is so great. This is what I'd love to do. And then I didn't feel great. And I felt very displaced and very, then I felt this tremendous guilt that I'd left this brand new baby. And I remember sitting there seeing moms with their babies and I just started bawling and I'm thinking, 
I didn't want my baby with me. What's wrong with me? So it began there and then it got worse and worse. And I remember like then after a while, so there's basically nine levels of perinatal mood disorders. There's antenatal depression, which I had, there's baby blues, which about 80 to 90% of, of all women who have a baby experience, but that usually only lasts one to two weeks. If it starts going beyond two weeks, chances are there may be something else going on. And it's very important that you stay in touch with whether it be your therapist, your OBGYN, whoever it is, a good friend, someone that you can talk to. I had no idea. And so then it went into postpartum depression. And so I started getting depression, but then as nighttime would come, it became perinatal anxiety. Like as it would start getting dark, I was like, oh God, oh God, here we go again. Because I had to be up with the baby. She wasn't a great eater. So I was up every two hours and every time she would cry, it was this, (gasps) like, it wasn't just like, oh, she's crying. It was a 6.8 earthquake for me. And I was like, oh God, oh God. And I never produced a lot of milk. So that was a huge frustration. Um, when she was five weeks old, I went to pump and she rolled off the couch onto the floor. Thank God it was carpeting, but I heard this thunk. And then I'm like, <gasps> I pick her up. She throws up something and I just killed her. I'm, yeah, you know, right, calling right. the hospital. I went to the, oh my God, it's awful. I went to the pediatrician's office the next day and I will never forget. She looked at me like, so are, are you okay? Like she's checking my daughter for bruises. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like it spun me out so badly by the way I ended up leaving that pediatrician but it was so it was horrendous the way she handled it and that's and and listen was it exactly that or was it my mind I don't know you know but but maybe a little of both but but even it's a little little bit of both you know what I mean even I, I I you know my OB he was on a podcast on someone else's podcast and I was listening and they were talking about like the do's and don'ts of pregnancy and stuff. And he was talking about, you should never shame a, 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 a pregnant woman, you know, for, for if they make yes. a mistake and do something or, you know, or whatever. Anything. He says, because it's going to make it a very uncomfortable labor process between you and your patient, you know, first and not yeah. foremost. And he goes, and secondly, they're going through enough already. Like, you know, I had, um, I don't even know if I've even spoken about it yet on this podcast, but like I had actually a pretty bad fall. I fell in my third trimester. Um, oh, I was babe, walking. The, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. But my my husband was walking the dogs, and I had turned around, and I it was the day before we shot the People magazine cover. It was at six o'clock at night, and I had to shoot at seven a.m. the next morning. So it was like oh very my God. dramatic. But I had rolled yeah. my ankle on the sidewalk, and I went uh. down, and I instinctually I was like, wow, there's the mama gene, you know, I grabbed my stomach, I turned to the side and I fell on both of my knees. Like it was like super slow-mo all Ah. the neighbors saw, but my knees went down, my shoulder got scraped and then my chin hit the the sidewalk and it just ripped the entire bottom of my chin. And I was like, the first thought I was like, oh my God, the baby. The second was I, I like yes. looked, I'm like, I saw, I felt blood coming down and I was like, oh my God, the People magazine. Like everything was like, going totally. that I was been like mine. oh my God. And I walked in the house and my mom was, was at the house and I start hysterically crying and Sturgis, my husband was like, no, no, no she's fine. It's okay. Like the stomach, 
And truly, my stomach was not, even though it was the third trimester, I hadn't really quite popped yet. We had to really accentuate my stomach in, in the photo shoot. Um, but um, I hadn't popped yet, so I was able to truly protect my stomach and nothing happened. But I went Praise to the, the OB the next day, and I was like, not hysterical, but I was like, I think I'm fine, but this is what happened, you know? And he was like, well, let's yeah. do an ultrasound. And he goes, you know what? 50% of my clients have really bad falls and they fall on their stomach and it's not your fault. He goes, it no. literally happens. You have a whole new balance. You have 30 pounds on your stomach. You're, it's not, it's not your fault. And even if something's up, we're going to fix it. It's fine. And it was like oh. so calming and reassuring because Ugh. I was like, oh, wow, I've been so good this entire time. And then this one thing like totally destroyed my child's life. Right. You know, like that's where your mind goes. Right. And so that's what I oh, assume your mind went of like, oh, this is it. Like I've been doing so good. And then this one thing now the might as well call it a day. Like that's it, you know, and you spin out. Well, and you do spin out and funny you say that because what you just said ties into what I went through moving forward. And we'll, we'll chat about that. It was really, it was crazy going into it because everything from that point on, then it was even worse, worse, worse. And I felt very isolated. And then I started having, they're called intrusive or obtrusive thoughts of throwing her off the balcony. I just, this was not for me. Why would anyone do this? I just wanted to be time. Yeah, I wanted my life back. This was a mistake. And but then it kept playing and playing. Now, thank God, I never did. I never touched my baby. I never hurt her. No. Did I love her? Yes, I did. But, it's but did thoughts. I want to be a mom? No. Yep. And so then I was like, and through this process, thank God I was going to therapy. But that actually too led to something that was really so awful is I was in acting class up until I had my baby. And two of the actors and the acting coach got together and started talking about me and that Tanya wasn't doing well. And the one I had given my one friend, the card to my therapist, because she was looking for one. So they took it upon themselves to call <gasps> my therapist no. and say, we are concerned for the safety of her baby. So I walk into to therapy. Can you imagine this? No, I walk this is in sickening. and I, Oh, no. And I will tell you, just by because I'm very intuitive, I'm very spiritual. Yeah. And just by the way she looked at me, I was like, something's up. What? And she's like, um, I got a phone call. And I immediately was like, and? And so she told me exactly that. She said, now, fortunately, you have been in therapy and you have brought your daughter. So I actually know that's not the case. She said, but by law, I am supposed to call Child Protective Services. No. Now, can you imagine? Oh yeah. My baby at this time was maybe eight, nine weeks old. And I'm just like, <gasps> and I remember just like the heat going through me, the anxiety, the fear, all of it. And I looked at her and I said, I cannot come back to you. And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, and I called each one of them on the way home. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, screaming, and freaked you didn't out. Know and let me people. tell you something. Wow. Well, I did. No, one of them was a really good friend of mine. And that's why she was worried because she saw me being someone I had never been. So her fear was legitimate. It's just the way it was handled. And the problem is when you start talking to people, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you start really yep. amping it up. Yep. It's gossipy. And so and she didn't know how to approach me and say, um, I'm worried about you, which I respect that I get it. So I spent three days thinking child protective services was going to knock on my door. So there, here comes perinatal paranoia. 
and the the waking up the, sh the 6.8 earthquake is ptsd so now i have all these different things going on and now i'm really hating being a mom i'm hating everyone i'm hating my husband and thank god he came to therapy with me because at a certain point so let me tell you this let's break in with a statistic one in five women experience some form of perinatal mood disorders it has nothing to do with age race socioeconomic it is a fact but what people don't talk about is one in 10 men also experience some form of perinatal mood disorders. Right. My husband also was experiencing the depression. So now you have two people that are experiencing this with a baby that has colic and nobody can help each other. Wow. So it was not a great recipe and it was very, very challenging. And were you, were you like conscious and aware of the fact that he was going through and having his own, you know, mood and anxiety disorder going on, you had no concept. You just could not no. even. All get I can there. think is you're selfish. You're not helping me. You don't get it. And here, unfortunately, my poor husband absolutely got it and was absolutely dealing with looking at his wife, who's no longer acting like his wife, right. looking at this new baby who is just screaming and crying. So what happened to our marriage? And, and we're real chill. Like we have a good time together. We still yeah. do. But you can imagine with all of this going on. So it really was extremely difficult. And I will never forget. And I don't know if you know her because you guys are kind of a, no, she's older than you. But do you know Danielle Harris? No. She's a, she's also was a child actress okay. and she does a lot of horror movies, but she was my best friend at the time, Ava's godmother. And oh. she took me out to breakfast and sat down with me and she looked at me and she started crying. She said, Tanya, something's wrong with you. Wow. And I immediately was like, what do you mean? Something's wrong with me. I'm tired. I had a baby and we're, but I knew, I knew. by, because she loved me. Right. And by the way, she was crying. She said, no something's wrong with you. So then I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, something is wrong with me. Oh God, what's wrong with me? And I didn't know what was wrong with me. Now, interestingly enough, my one friend who had called the therapist had also given me Brooke Shields book, Down Came the Rain. Right. And Ava, I want to say was about four, a little over four months pregnant or four months old four I, months after old having now. her. And I started reading this book and I went, Oh my God. Oh my God oh my God, I have postpartum depression. That was the first time I was able to put a label on what was going on with right. me. Now, on a sidebar note, both my gynecologists and therapists wanted to put me on antidepressants because of my fear of medication and being so righteously holistic. I was like, no, no. I don't need it. I don't need Ladies, it. Ladies, right. if you need to go on medication and Alessandra, I just want don't to commend you. If you need to be, don't be afraid of it. Do it. Don't torture yourself. Don't put yourself through no. it. The beautiful thing about if you don't need it for a lifetime, you will work your way back off of it. Absolutely. So absolutely get on it. Do whatever it takes because I suffered and so did my daughter because of it and my husband when we probably could have shortened that process. Yeah. Now, I did eventually go on 5-HTP and rosehip oil and it did act like a natural Prozac. So this is now five and a half months and all of a sudden, I remember looking out my kitchen window going, I think I'm okay. Wow. And, and it I was just was. like that. And that's what's so remarkable is that you are able to fix yourself. Now, I have a question. What did your husband think when you got on medicine and he saw a difference? Did he want to then go and talk to someone and get on medication? Or did he kind of snap out of it? Like, what was his reaction to it? 
So men are very interesting where I feel as women, when we know something's wrong, we will we know, seek out knowledge right. and help. And men are more like, it's fine. Well, it's like I'm when fine. you say, you know, fine. can you look on the map? They won't look on the fucking map. <laughs> totally. It's no different with the baby. <laughs> but I will say, because he did go to therapy with me several times, which was very helpful. Because I said, if you don't come with me, I cannot promise you we will make it through. No. So to his credit, he did come several times, but I think as soon as he saw me doing better, he was doing better. And so it kind of went like this that. It's a lot but of pressure. The lingering. He's got the pressure oh, of taking oh, care no, of I, you, the baby, making sure his sanity. It's it's, And that's why I want people to working, know. like making money. Of course, and being able to support a household. And that's why I want so many people to know who have partners, you know, male or female, like that, that they yes. are going through things too, you know, and I think that it's really yes, important. They are. You know, I think it's really important to share it. I, that's why I commend you for sharing this because I think that we don't realize it can affect an entire household. You know, it's not just one person. It really, really can. Well, and then the lingering effect from there is that I thought for sure something, I damaged my baby because of the way I behaved. I mean, I remember one time, this is my lowest moment where I just, I, she was in her high chair and she was screaming and I lost it and was screaming. I took a glass, I smashed it on the ground and she's like terrified. And I knew I was, I was like, you've got to remove yourself right now. So I had to leave her in the high chair screaming and take myself into the other room. And all I kept saying is, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was so, and then of course, and the shame, the guilt, I come running back in. I get, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. I'm so sorry. So it's this horrible roller coaster of emotions that goes on. No, and 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 you're not alone in it because I experienced that when I was pregnant where it was like, for me, I was like, I'm having a mental breakdown. Like I can't handle this anymore. Someone needs to please like take this baby out of my stomach for a second so I can scream and I can yell and I can cry and I don't feel like I'm affecting the baby. Like, like my mind went so deep into that. Like, oh, oh, the baby knows everything that's going on. No, you know, it's fine. You know, it's okay. And it is, it is, it's, it's amazing. And once I realized what I had gone through, then I was, I could not really find information on it. And I was like, why is there no information on it? Right at that time, I um, shot a documentary. Jamie Lynn Lippman is this phenomenal director and her documentary was Die Trying, which was about acting and what we all go through being an actor. Yes. <laughs> and she had a four month old baby. Right. When I got done, I said to her, you know what? I have an idea for a documentary. I want you to direct it. And she was like, I don't have it. I have a four month old. I'm okay. And she was so sweet. She said, let me look into it. I'll get back to you. And I was like, okay. She called me 24 hours later. She said, I posted on a mommy blog. I had over 100 responses of women saying, I'll give my story. And she said, you're on to something. And that's how the documentary began. Wow. So it was pretty fascinating. So from there, we started getting women doing testimonies, including my own. And then we met Lindsay Gerst, who ended up being the through line of our movie. She's this beautiful, phenomenal woman, also became one of our executive directors. The three of us co-produced it. And we went on this fantastic journey. And part of my goal, because of the book I read, is I was like, I want Brooke Shields to narrate this. (gasps) And it's so funny because my neighbor is Amy Brenneman. I don't know if you know who she is, phenomenal actress. 
And she came over and I'm telling her about the documentary. And I said, this is my goal. And she smiled. She said, do you want me to call her? And I was like, what? what? It's a friend of hers. <gasps> wow. So she called Brooke. We flew to New York. Brooke narrated the documentary. She executive produced it as well. She was so generous and amazing. She was very clear. She said, I will not be your poster child, but I absolutely support you guys on this journey. And so it took seven years from start to finish. It's now in 200 countries and six languages. It is called When the Bow Breaks, a documentary about postpartum depression. And it literally has saved lives. And I'm so grateful that it's out. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure just the response, you must get response all the time because it's not something that's, you know, only going to, you know, affect someone from, you know, in this year, like it's a hot topic. It's a topic that is forever going to affect women. And it's, you know, yes, there will be advances in medication and there will be advances in different types of modalities, but it will always affect women. And it's interesting because I think that the thing that I've, I, I share the most on this podcast since announcing the pregnancy in this, this season being the, the season of, of my, my, my pregnancy journey is what I've learned the most is how many people in my life who have been my friends, who are close, suffered through postpartum depression. And whether they A, knew what the problem was or B, didn't know what the problem was, they've all been affected by it in some form, whether it was really extreme or not. And they didn't talk about it because they were too afraid to talk about it or they didn't know anyone that was going to talk about it. And now as I talk about it, they're like, Oh, thank God, like, because we, we were alone or we didn't have any friends, but you never know who is going through this experience. And I think that that's, what's really, it's really, um, it's it's not even brave, but it's like, it's so overwhelmingly like mushy and makes me so happy inside that there are women like you that are sharing your story that it is not a, it's not always a great story, right? It's not always a happy story. Right. It's not something that's yeah. like, oh my God, you are so amazing. Like, no, it's like you had a yeah, really fucking no. rough time. And like you are being yeah, so open and so honest about the highs and the lows behind it all. And what I also appreciate and what I want to say is, you know, I've lived with bipolar disorder now for my whole life. And I've talked about it now for a couple of years and been medicated for 13 plus years. This is something that you never dealt with before. So I feel like that's, what's even stronger and cooler that you experienced this right away. You knew it was a problem. You had the help, you figured it out. And then you were like, I'm going to share this because it takes a lot to be able to be open about that kind of stuff and be vulnerable. It's a very scary process. And so I thank you for being so open. So, so right away just to help other women out. Well, thank you, Alessandra. And here's the thing, and this is the important thing. And what you just said is so vitally true. There is still so much shame and stigma around perinatal mood disorders. And even to the point where when I gave my testimony, my husband said, you can't say that. You can't say that you wanted to throw her off the balcony. People are going to know. And I said, no, your reaction is exactly why I have to say it. And yes, will I have to explain this to my daughter one day? I will, but I will do it in a way that she will understand this was not about her. 
No, she it's did never about the this child. Was, no, it's it truly isn't. So that's the really important thing also that I want women to know is no matter what you experience, no matter how bad it is, you will and can repair that with help. Yeah. You will be okay. My daughter is now 13. We are so, so close. She is oh, just that. the greatest joy and love of my life and this beautiful, beautiful child. And so there's some other really key things because as a, like, I'm up to creating an entire empire around this because it needs to be done. And there needs to be mandatory screenings, literally from the day you find out you're pregnant through the entire process and really up to two years postpartum. My um, pediatrician said, oh my God, Tanya, I had no idea because girl, I can pull it together. I'd walk in there with that baby and just appear like I was fine. And then I go home and fall apart. Yep. Yeah, of course. Of yep. course. Well, what you're you're an actress. You have it all. You're married. It's wonderful. Like people don't realize the inner journey and the things that sometimes people go through. Because I'm also very good. I I'm a I can shut it all down and get it done. But that isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Yeah. And by sharing the story, when I first used to share it, oh, it was so hard and painful and tears. And now I'm more like the wise woman on the hill of yeah, I went through this. And yeah, it yep. was really fucking horrible. Yeah, but with help, you will be okay. And I remember Ava was about six years old. And I really had this running story in my head, something is wrong with her because of me. Mm-hmm. And Jen Schaefer is this amazing, amazing intuitive healer. And I went to Bali with her. And she looked at me, and she said, Tanya, your daughter is absolutely perfect, just the way she is. She chose to come through the two of you because part of your journey on this earth is to do what you're doing. And part of her journey was to get you to do it. And I was like, wow. Wow. Oh my God. I want to go to this intuitive right now. Oh, I will give you her information. She is the most wonderful human being. She works with tons of celebrities. She's just a phenomenal intuitive. Like she tells me stuff that I'm like, you know, she's fantastic. And so because of everything I've gone through, I now do a lot of keynote speaking. I coach women. And interesting that you talk about medication. I'm actually getting ready to work with a really phenomenal company regarding creating new medication for perinatal mood disorders. Wow, that's And I'm so honored. I know. And I'm so honored and excited to work with them to help bring this forward and get that information out there because there does need to be more medication. The only one out there right now that's really quote unquote, known as Del Rosa, uh-huh. but there are certain side effects that is not my place to talk about. But I, I all I'm going to say is I look forward to more things coming on the horizon, more help. We need more information. We need more awareness, break the stigma. And actually, because of it, right. I'm um, created, I'm a jewelry designer. And I know, I created, you have such beautiful pieces. <gasps> Thank you, And this is called my sozo heart sozo is a greek word which means deliverance redemption safety and it is mama and baby and the teardrop represents a depression of perinatal mood disorders fabulous we have to put that on the website oh my god well i would be honored to send one to you if you would wear it i would would totally wear it are you kidding me that's amazing oh yeah because i'm so i i just want to acknowledge you i am so honored to get to spend this time with you and your bold voice and speaking out and that's why the second i was tagged in your post i was like oh my god i love her because what you're doing you are saving 
people's lives. You're oh saving them by talking about this. I think it's so random that you were tagged in my post in the best possible way because I like, I literally don't even know, like I put it out there and I was like, oh my God, well, here's the birth announcement. And I guess can, we, we didn't tell friends we were pregnant, like nothing. We've kept it like super hush hush. And, and so, and it, I mean, kind of a way to announce it, People Magazine, not really like very quiet, um, but it was like one of those things. <laughs> where, so wonderful. But I, I thought to myself, you know, it really was a, a struggle for my husband and I because he was like, no, just let's tell people, like who cares? And I was so paranoid in the first trimester that I was going to have a miscarriage mm -hmm. or something was going to happen. And I yep. was like, we're not telling Me anyone. Too. Yeah, and that fear, mm -hmm. of course, you know, starts everything. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not, absolutely not. I didn't tell my agents until my third trimester because I was still going out for auditions because I wasn't showing yet. And I hadn't sure. shown till my third trimester. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm really showing like there was no way I could do any of these shows. Like, who am I kidding? Um, but I even auditioned pregnant and had to have the, the producers and stuff like say, like, we can't tell anyone because I had to do this zoom and my belly's out. And I would, I, it was, it was like the craziest thing. I was like, well, my, 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 my child's already auditioning. So that's exciting. Um, but, um, I guess we're doing our auditions together, you know, and it was the most easy zoom audition I've ever had in front of like a huge group of executives because I was like, relaxed. I was like, I don't really care. Like if I get this or not, because yeah. I am with a child and like, this is pretty rad that I get to audition like this. So this is fun. Um, I wasn't alone for the first time in, in a room. There <laughs> but, you go. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I was, I had shared with a friend of my husband's who used to work with People Magazine. And she was like, I, I was sharing how my struggles were about getting off medication and, and what it was like and what yeah. my mood disorders were. And she said, this is something that needs to be talked about. I know that you didn't want to publicly announce it, but I think that this is what has to happen. Like you, you, you it's, it's part of your story. It's part of your journey and it's part it of is. your podcast. And I was like, I guess I could talk about it on the podcast. She's like, why wouldn't you? You literally talk about everything on your podcast. Why wouldn't you talk about this? And I'm like, okay, you know, and I never knew what an impact it would have. One yes. article would have on so, I mean, it's been overwhelmingly beautiful and to meet people like you yeah. and these other wonderful women. And I, I just, I really, once again, I just want to say Thank you for bringing up the, that your partner also was going through something because my husband yeah. and I have been very lucky. We, I mean, it's expensive, but you have to do it, you know, and we're very lucky that we are able to afford it. And this is what I want to help with, with other moms and their partners is, you know, he never saw me without medication in the years we've been together. We've been mm -hmm. together for almost eight years, but I've always been medicated with bipolar Wonderful. disorder. So uh, he did mm -hmm. not know what it was like. So we, you know, when it started yeah. to get pretty bad, um, we found a therapist who was someone who had lived with bipolar disorder themselves, like who had understood everything, who had been pregnant and understood what that was like, you know, the journey. So it yeah. was really great to have kind of another person that was able to walk it through him because he's like, I feel like she's like a, a like a little, like 
porcelain doll and I'm going to break her. Like, I don't want to break her. I don't want to upset her. I don't want anything, but I don't know what to do. Like there's points where I need to stop her and say, you are, you're going to harm yourself. Like if you keep going down and spinning out, what do I do? You know, what do I do in the hospital room? Like, what do I do afterwards? And I never realized how much anxiety he had about wanting to care for me and for the baby. And so it's, and, of course, and it spins you out. And I think once the baby comes out too, that's going to be even wilder, but you need to have help in the household. And I think that it's really important to have someone that you can talk to. That's an outsider that really can just bond everyone together. And so I thank you. for 100%. That. Oh my gosh. And you know, if you are blessed to have the means to do a night nurse, I highly recommend it. I know that's what everyone keeps saying. They're like, that's the one investment you should have. (laughs) Honestly, that's the one investment, you know, forget all the other stuff. Honestly, that one is so huge, you know, and also your nutrition, everything else, because of course I was so tired. I started eating a ton of sugar to try and keep myself going, which of course then I'm breastfeeding and now the baby has. And so that then the baby's crashing and the, you know, it all kind of ties in together. But when you're a new mom, it's amazing. I actually just met a couple recently and they had a three month old baby and she had experienced some perinatal mood disorders. And he talked about how they prepare you all the way up to, and then it's like, bye-bye. And you're like, uh, what do I do now? So I feel like there's so much work still to be done. Um, Postpartum Support International is my go-to for recommending for anyone who is dealing with anything because they have so many forums, they have support groups, they have a warm line. If you feel like, uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble and I'll give you all this information, Alessandra, to put in the show notes. Love that. It's really, really important that you just don't live with it. Reach out, get some help and get connected somehow. It doesn't matter how. And don't be scared. You do not have to go through this alone. Don't be scared. You are so not alone. And that's the thing is everyone, you know, and that's why I love social media and I hate social media because all the pictures you see are the, you know, perfect shot number 57 that I finally got the right angle and I look pretty. Okay. I'll post that, but we're not posting when we're sitting here sobbing hysterically and having the worst day of our lives. So people look at that and they're like, Oh, look at their life. Right. No, it's a bunch of bullshit. We all go through so much crap, you know, and it's like to be honest about that. And some people are very good about posting that others, not so much. But to me, anyway, I can connect with anyone. I'm there for anyone. I'm there for you. If you go through this and you need someone to talk to, I'm just telling you right now, I will always be here for you. I will always like pick up the phone if you need to talk. I mean that sincerely because it is really important to feel that support wherever you can. And it's hard for people who don't understand. It's like, I've lost both my parents now. It's not a club I'm happy to be in. But until you go through that, it's not something you can fully comprehend either. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting that you say that about the, you know, about the posting of the pictures and stuff, because it was something that I, I, I did subconsciously kind of, every time I had a manic episode, I would always go to my bathroom and I'd either jump in the bath or take a shower afterwards because I'd be so drained. And there was a moment where I was holding my dog in one arm, my like, boob is like hanging out on the other and I just had tears and I had just been crying and I took a picture of myself because I wanted to remember this moment and not like in a creepy way but like in a moment to be like this happens and I saved it Mm -hmm. and it's in my favorites because I wanted to post it to let people know like hey I yeah I did this really cool photo shoot but like what the feeling I was feeling 
this is what, what the aftermath was. Yeah. You know, because I, I, and I didn't even realize that that's why I was taking it for later. I mean, I didn't realize that's why I was taking it for later on, but I mean, I took it in the moment to remind sure. myself when I was feeling upset, like, Hey, I've been here before and I got through it. Like, this is what the end aftermath yeah. was. And I will conquer this. Like it, this too shall pass, I love you know? That. And I think that that's, and it does. Yeah. Well, it does. And, and also to another statistic, I want to talk about the statistic for psychosis is about one in 1000. Yeah. And that usually shows up within two weeks to three weeks after having a baby. So if anyone has a baby and you start having some really dark, dark, scary thoughts, jump on it. please know, jump on it because people will judge that and say, oh, that woman, she killed her baby. She got no sane mother, none would ever, 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 and I mean ever, harm themselves or their baby. So you have to understand there is a mental illness going on in that moment. And again, doesn't mean permanently, but it is happening. And that the worst thing you can do, I just counseled someone recently who said, well, my granddaughter doesn't want to see her babies. And we're telling her, well, you're a mom, you need to. And I said, no, no, no. If she's telling you she can't, don't. she actually means that. Yeah. And you don't want to push that. You want to meet her where she is with love and compassion. Yeah. Because if you force her and she truly can't, you don't want to know what that could end no. up like. And she was like, oh, yeah. So it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of compassion. I'm writing my memoir to get out there just to help more people be able to sit and read and understand anything I can do. To, I'm creating actually a candle that is toward like targeted for moms to tie in with the heart oh, and all everything this. to do with like what senses moms need for depression, for grounding, all these different yep. things. So anything I can do to help anyone, oh I'm my there. Gosh. Well, Tanya, this has been such an incredible episode and I am just so blessed that you reached out to me. I'm going to ask you my um, final question. Um, What is your emotional support? Ooh, my emotional support actually is my daughter. It truly is. It is when I see her and I hug her and I look forward to you having this experience and I, I'm going to get emotional saying it when oh. I hug her. The love, the connection is so beautiful. I love this child so much. I am so grateful she chose to come to me and my husband. And I thank God for her every day. Oh, I love that so much. That makes me so happy. Well, Tanya, I'm going to have all of the yeah. information on the show notes. I'm going to let everyone know how they can get your beautiful necklace. And then all of the, the counseling yeah. and coaching and all of that. And just the documentary and the book that's going to come and all of that. So thank you so much.